Hello, welcome to Feed, Play, Love, the bite-sized podcast for parents. I'm Siobhan Hunt. This is a show all about parenting. I speak to experts and carers about everything from fussy eating, toddler behaviour, sleep and more. There are a few parenting items that are absolutely essential once you have a child. For most of us, this list will include a car seat. Many of us, however, still get confused over what is right for our children and when. Christine Erskine is the New South Wales Executive Officer of KidSafe New South Wales. KidSafe New South Wales have partnered up with the NRMA to research the safest car seats in Australia. And while we've brought her in to chat a teeny bit about the findings, I thought it's a great time to brush up on what is safe for our children and when. Hi, Christine. Hello. Thank you for having me. When it comes to safety... We often equate a high price with quality, but your research didn't find that, did it? No, it didn't. And we're very pleased about that. So there's a lot of car seats on the market and you do, as you say, equate high price with high safety. But the the research has shown that, in fact, there's good quality seats out there with a high ranking in terms of ease of use and safety. And they are like... $99 $99 or $149, it's $179. a relief to how it's here, isn't it? Because they can get quite expensive. It can, and especially if you've got more than you know one child. So you're, you know, you're building up all your resources to fill in that back seat, and that can be pretty expensive. So this is good news. Another thing that I found interesting was, although all of the car seats that are sold in Australia should have gone through the Australian Safety quality standards. Yeah, the Australian standard. Australian standard. And I kind of assumed that once they'd gone through that, they were all 100% safe. Yeah, and they are. But what the purpose of um, this other system, what's called the Child Restraint Evaluation System, is to encourage manufacturers to make them just that much better. So the Australian standard is a basic or baseline um, there's still room for improvement and that, that's what we want to see and certainly that's what we are seeing as a result of this new rating system. Brilliant. Now, let's get to some of the practical things because as our children grow, there are all sorts of questions and my youngest is now almost five and I still have questions about <laughs> car seats. Um, but let's start with babies. Mm-hmm. So often we'll have, um, some people have the baby carrier that can strap onto their um, pram. Some have an old-fashioned kind of boxy one. We used to have one of those. Um, and they're pretty bog standard in terms of how they go in the car. Most of us will yeah. do it at the hospital with the the um, restraint fitter yeah. at the hospital. Yeah. Um, once they get a bit older, however, a lot of children don't like traveling backwards. Yes. But there's some. There are safety reasons for that, aren't there? Under the law, they do need to be uh, rearward facing or travelling backwards for six months. Um, most people, however, keep them uh, rearward facing for at least twelve months, and that's just because their neck and their spine, their body is just not developed enough to be able to brace themselves in a forward facing position uh, if there's, you know, even a small accident. So that's why that's like that. It's designed because their body is not yet ready. Up until about two years ago, though, we didn't have much choice in what we did in terms of uh, child restraints for uh, children to be backward. So those that are still happy to be backward uh, or rearward facing, there are now seats designed for an older age group. So if the family prefer that, you can now have a child positioned that way for about two to three years. But that's not everybody's choice and some children don't like it. So we, you can be confident now that 
the seats that you buy, if they're designed to be rearward facing for two or three years, then that's a good choice. Don't use a seat that's not designed for that purpose, which is what people had to do before. But if you're ready, child's ready, check with the child and family health nurse if you're not sure. But if everybody, you know, the signs are that the child's body is uh, you know, okay, they can be turned around forward facing. Now, the other important thing to note is that our car restraints are a very high quality. So the research around being rearward facing for a long time is based on overseas restraints that don't have that anchor, anchoring system. So we have additional benefits, additional standards, and therefore those seats are very good. And you can confidently turn your child around when, you, when you're comfortable doing that, knowing that the child will be safe. Now, once you turn the child around, of course, there are a plethora of seats that you can choose. Um, Let's say your child has got to a year old and they can sit up by themselves. When you go in to buy a car seat for them, do you need them with you so that they can sit in the seat and you can see that it's the right size? How does that work? When they're young like that, the seats are designed so that there is a lot of um, adjustment that can occur. So if you don't have the baby with you, um, you can, you know, buy that seat and you can probably take it back if it's not right. But, you know, if it's not convenient to take the child, those seats will have a lot of um, design features that will allow you to adjust. So they'll have padding that can be adjusted, height that can be adjusted, um, incline that can be adjusted. So um, you don't necessarily have to take them. And sometimes it can be hard taking a small baby out. You just want to get to the shop, (laughs) make the decision and get out of there. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But what you were saying before is that those types of seats all have an anchor. And so in terms of that, I, I have to put my hand up and be embarrassed enough to say my husband has always attached the seats because I have not a clue with those things. But um, as was mentioned in this report, sometimes we take seats out if we, the kid doesn't need to be in there or we add seats in, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So part of your research was also about ease of use. Yes. So if you go onto the childcarseats.com website, it gives a rating for ease of use. So certainly some are fabulously safe above the standard, but they are so hard to put in. And you, and as you say, you have to get somebody else in to come and supervise or do, you know, do, do the analysis of how that's going to work. So yeah, you need to choose what's easiest for you. The other thing that you can do apart from making that assessment on that website is to check out YouTube. So particularly all the young parents now, that's where they go for information. And there are lots of um, YouTube clips now from the manufacturers describing visually how you put that car seat in and how you attach that um, restraint and the anchor system. So that's really useful. But we also encourage people in that very first instance to go to an authorised fitter. Um, And in New South Wales, that's managed through Transport for New South Wales. Get them to install or check and they usually will give you a bit of instruction on, you know, what to look out for. So if things are too wobbly, is that good or bad? What do you need to do? So that's always a good idea to you know, physically have somebody walk that through with you, backup plan YouTube, uh, but um, do your homework too when you look at those sites, childcarseats.com, just to see what's best for your family and your car, your situation. Talk to me about second-hand car seats. Is it okay to buy them or not? Okay. Well, what we say is a few things to be cautious of. Do you know where it's been? So often families will pass them down so you know that, you know, your sister or your sister-in-law or, you know, another family cousin has had it. You know it's been looked after. So know where it's come from. 
check the date of it. So if a car seat is more than 10 years old, that means there's been a lot of poo and vomit and wee on that seat, (laughs) to be honest. And plus it's also not fitting the standard anymore. So I'd stay away from anything that's over 10 years old and that's been in a garage buried, you know, for a long time. And then get it looked at by an authorised fitter. So they'll go over it, they'll check that it's structurally sound, install, and that should be fine. But be cautious of picking up anything off the side of the road. Council pickups, stay away from them. Secondhand stores now avoid selling them because they don't know the history. And certainly you know, off any of the other sites where the second-hand goods are available. You just don't know where it's been, so it's probably a bit of a risk. We'll be back with Christine Erskine from KidSafe New South Wales right after this. The Parent Panel is now 100% podcast, so you can listen to your favourite parents and laugh along anytime, anywhere. My two daughters have looked at me and said, there are sharks everywhere. I went, oh, they're reef sharks, darlings. They're vegans. <laughs> I am guilty of handing over a iPad and saying, hey, watch this. Holy moly, it is so hard. Search for The Parent Panel on Apple, Google, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, I don't know if you can um, dispel this myth or even if it is a myth, but I'm pretty sure I saw it somewhere on social media. So there is no guaranteeing whether it's true or not. Mm-hmm. I thought, I think I remember reading somewhere that when it comes to the straps on a harness, um, obviously it's quite tight against the child's body, but if the straps are twisted at all, that that's dangerous. Absolutely, yes. So apart from the fact it's uncomfortable for a child to have something sort of digging in, um, it's dangerous because it's compromising the balance um, of the the straps on the body. So always check for twisted straps and, and eliminate that definitely. And when we're talking about um, children in harnessed seats, what are the things we need to be aware of? I just mentioned the twisted straps then. Um, is there anything else we need to be conscious of in terms of clothing or um, whether it's at the right height for the child? Okay. So another thing about the features of the, the car seats you buy now are that they have height markers on them. You don't have to guess the child's weight. You have to know their age, which most people do, but you don't have to guess weight and length. These height markers uh, clearly outline where the shoulder should be. So follow those instructions, check that marker, and if the child's uh, shoulders are within that range, then you're doing fine. Just flipping back to your uh, uh, mention of the twisted straps, sometimes you might be inclined to make those straps really loose. And in doing that, those hands can tuck in and they can shift them off their shoulders and hang out of that seat. So we do say that you need to tighten them Um, So there's the strap between the legs, usually under the seat. Tighten them so that you can get a couple of fingers in, but um, the the child can't actually get their arms out because then their body is just going to be, you know, free-ranging out of that seat, which is very dangerous. Is there any issue with wearing jumpers and jackets when it comes to winter under those straps? Um, Certainly. You need to make sure that there's not too much padding there. So if you have, um, you know, a thick coat, then potentially they could slip out of those that restraint so yeah just monitor how much clothing the child has on them yes you need to make them warm but they're going to be in the car um, and you can have a blanket I think sometimes if we're in a hurry we might sort of think okay put all the clothes on now get the jacket on just going down the road quickly it's easier to jump out rather than renegotiate uh, getting (laughs) the child dressed again Um, so just I guess assess that situation but certainly a lot of clothing can be a problem now the other 
alternative is if the weather is really hot and particularly for babies uh, or children travelling um, rearward facing or in a, a very deep uh, car seat, um, if they've got a lot of clothing on then they can overheat so particularly be careful in the hot weather that they don't overheat and if they are in a capsule type arrangement then uh, they they certainly do build up body heat in those little plastic bubbles so just that's just another sort of clothing concern to check on. Now of course once you've been in the harness um, a lot of those seats will give you the option of turning that harness car seat into a effectively a booster yes um is there an age range for that or is it all based on the height of the child and those markers you just mentioned there, well the, there's one requirement by law that they have to be a certain age before you even look to graduating or changing so to get out of a forward facing seat they need to be at least four so there's no negotiation around the age. However, if they're four and a half or nearly five and their body is still small and they fit in that seat within those markers, then that is the safest place for them. Their body's still not big enough to go into a booster seat. So age first and then look at the size of their bodies. So let's take my son, for example. He is four and a half, almost five, quite tall. He's still in his harness seat. I would say his shoulders are either right on that white final mark, white marker or mm-hmm. above. Mm-hmm. I would love to get him out yeah. of the harness. It makes it a lot easier for all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, how does the strap need to sit on his body to make it safe? Okay. So it's really important that in the booster seat, the shoulder strap sits on the shoulder it doesn't ride up the neck because if it rides up the neck then it's protecting you know it's going to dig into the neck it's not holding the body down and then this the the seat that goes across their lap the lap sash belt it needs to sit on their hips so not ride up their tummy and if you did put them into an adult seat belt um on an adult seat with no booster, you would see that the adult seat belt, uh, the top part would go across the neck and that bottom part would be, you know, riding up their tummy and chest. So across the hips and sitting on the shoulder. And I have seen um, sometimes they've got that little red buckle that you can put over the bottom. Is that to make sure that it sits in the right place on their hip? Yes, that's the anti-submarine anti-submarining device and I know there's an issue with little boys and their bits and <laughs> <laughs> they tend not to like that um, but if it's there it's designed to stop them shooting out other designs on other seats uh, rather than having that submarine clip um, you'll see that the front of the booster seat on their thighs has a slight rise in it so that's to mitigate them sc- scooping out or submarining out of there. Okay. Now, with booster seats, um, I have noticed that I've seen a lot of booster seats that don't have anchors. Is that okay? Yes, that is okay. So the Australian standard allows for booster seats with an anchor uh, attached to the back and the tether strap or without. So fine across the standard. However, if it does have a tether strap, then it must be anchored. You can't just tuck it in the back and hope for the best. Mm -hmm. So, you know, They're designed to be anchored, therefore you must use them anchored. Okay. One of the things that always concerns me is um, sometimes I'll be driving and then I'll look in my rear vision mirror and my daughter, who is in a booster seat, will be um, folded over. Maybe she's got a headache or she's trying to pick something off of the ground or she's singing or she's tired or something. And I'm looking at her going, that's not safe. Sit back in your seat. 
I'm assuming I'm right there. You are absolutely <laughs> right. That's right. So I'll go back to her and yes. say, Christine said that yes. it's not safe. Yeah. So when our children move to booster seats, we effectively we have to be teaching them when you're in the seat, you must sit so that the strap is as you say, placed on their shoulder and that they're not letting it slip off their shoulder. Yes. So, you know, you've agreed to graduate them, so they have to agree to use that seat properly and sit like an older person, you know, a a more grown-up child uh, because, you know, then at some stage they'll move, uh, graduate again. But, you know, you're you're giving them the privilege of sitting in something without that harness, but it will only work if it's it's used properly. Before we move on to when um, children can sit without a booster seat, lots of families will um, take other children on playdates. They will drop their cousins off with their ones to a certain event or things like that. Is it ever okay for them to be put in a seat that they might be too big for? They can still fit in a harness seat, but in their other car, they'd probably use a seatbelt. Yes, well, they probably wouldn't be happy if that restraint's too no. tight. So if it's gone sort of be- two and a half centimetres below their shoulder line, then they're not going to be happy. It's going to be constricting. So they're not going to like that. Some of the seats do have additional holes and you can raise that strap. So certainly try that. I guess what you're worried about is what's the safest ch- way for place for the child to be and if you've got a child that perhaps hasn't quite come to terms with compliance and sitting you know (laughs) compliantly in that seat you know maybe they would go in a seat where they're still you know tightly strapped in and that would be a decision that you'd make but you would possibly have to consider how comfortable they're going to be um yeah and of course when do they finally when is it finally okay for them to graduate to sitting without a booster? Well, they sometime over seven, but you can get booster seats now that are designed or even convertibles like from four to eight, four to ten, uh, or booster seats from, you know, seven to, to ten. So there are some options there to keep them in those seats for a long time. And it's all to do with the size of their body. And you often hear some adults saying, but I'm really short, maybe I should be in a booster seat. And you think, well, maybe you should. <laughs> because somewhere between 148 and 150. 254 centimetres is where you could uh, sit possibly, uh, you know, in an adult seatbelt. So your back and bottom is towards the back, your knees are bending over, uh, the child can behave uh, satisfactorily and those belts are in the right position. Then that's, you know, then they can sit in an adult seatbelt or an adult seat, but, you know, hold off as long as you can. And what about the middle seatbelts? Because a lot of the – I know new cars will have the strap that goes across the shoulder, but mm. then a lot of older cars will have just the belt that goes around the middle. Yes, and you'll hear that uh, concern raised when they've got a lot of children in the back seat. So somebody's got to go in the middle seat um, – and if they are of an age where they still need to be in a booster seat, then they probably have to have what's called an H harness um, so that the top half of their body is is uh, restrained. And we always used to fight about this as kids. I don't even remember how old we were, but everyone always wanted to sit in the front. Yes, and we say the front seat is not a treat. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, grandma or somebody else can sit in the front but not the child however there are instances where they can and must sit in the front seat and that's if um, they are over four and if the back seats are filled with children younger than them so if you've got you know three or so children in that that seat then you know the seven year old might have to sit in the front and that's okay that's legal but they must still be in a booster seat if they need to be in it you can't use a tethered uh, a seat unless you get it retrofitted 
uh, some way when have a, an anchor bolt. But mm. so there are occasions where you, it's unavoidable. It might be occasion uh, the occasion might arise when you're doing a drop-offs, uh, you know, uh, pooling of, uh, of children at, at school before and after school drop-offs, that might happen then. But again, uh, you know, use the booster seat. And that's where I think some of the booster seats that uh, now collapse um, are really good. So if you're pooling children, doing carpooling with children, you might consider carpooling your booster seats too, so that somebody will always be safely um, travelling in a seat. And those uh, collapsible seats um, can fold up and go in your boot. Yeah. So, you know, you can certainly share those around so that uh, everybody feels that they're safely transferring their children and their friends' children. Yeah, it's a good idea. Well, Christine, I think I've exhausted every single question I ever had about car seats. Um, so thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. It's a pleasure. <laughs> That's Christine Erskine. She's the Executive Officer of KidSafe New South Wales. And we'll pop a link to the research that they collaborated with the NRMA for. Just head to our website. It's babyology.com.au forward slash feed play love next time on feed play love we're talking to lorraine harrison senior educator at red nose australia about safe sleep practices in the last 25 years or so we've actually seen an 85 percent reduction in the infant death rate and the only thing that has changed in that period of time is how we place babies to sleep Lorraine will take us through the safest ways to sleep your baby, including the safest way to co-sleep. This podcast is produced by Elise Cooper. I'm Siobhan Hunt. I hope you'll join me for the next episode of Feed, Play, Love.